Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Did you miss me? I didn't notice you were gone. Uh, you never do. Oh, come on now. Come <laughs> on now. There's, there's a lot of ways to try to keep track of a lot of different people and things. But, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about some of that stuff. But, you know, I'm pretty excited today just because we have a guest that has done some really cool stuff. But really, in the end, you know, here in Kansas City, I know so many of our listeners aren't from Kansas City. I mean, the first exposure I had to today's guest was hearing people yell, touchdown, Chiefs. You Kevin, sure it wasn't fumble? No. Well, maybe, <laughs> was it? Let me introduce Kevin, Kevin Lockett, who is currently the CFO and partner at Fulcrum Global Capital. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good, man. Watson, you would fumble. Was it fumble or touchdown? It was always touchdown. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin, you are uh, you are um, from here, or at least are now, um, K-State yep. history, played football there, and later for the Chiefs. Where did the, you grow up at? So, I grew up in Oklahoma. Okay. Wow, Where at? Where at? Uh, grew up in Tulsa. Okay. All right. Me and too. Oklahoma. After going to K-State, then uh, coming from K-State, coming to Kansas City. Yeah. I've spent probably almost half my life in Kansas. So uh, even though I'm not from Kansas, I oh, you are now. Yeah, you're from Kansas now. So, so why didn't you uh, play college ball in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Well, so when I came out of uh, high school, Oklahoma was just kind of coming out of the wishbone. And okay. And I played wide receiver. Okay. And, and so not a whole lot of passing I in that offense. I was smart enough yeah. at 18 yeah. to know well, if you want to catch passes, you probably don't yeah. want to go to OU. Was that like the, like Jamel Holloway? Was that his name? It was or a like little bit that? behind yeah, Jamel's okay. group, but they were just doing that transition where they were kind of coming out of the yeah. wishbone and they were trying to figure themselves out. And I thought, uh, not a good place to go if you want to catch a Maybe not. Yeah. All right. So that's Very a good, cool. that's pretty, well, good career decisions. Sometimes determining your path and like who you're going to go and who you're going to partner with is important, especially when starting a business. Um, Kevin, you and this fund that um, you and Fulcrum Global Capital, well, it's, it's also got some topics that are near and dear to those of us in the Midwest. You guys specialize or will specialize in agricultural technology. And funding it, right? Yep, that's right. So uh, the three of us that are partners, we've been together about five years now, uh, maybe almost six. And uh, our fund focuses on ag, on ag tech, and also on animal health. And so uh, we did our first close in January. We'll do our final close here at the end of August. Uh, but we've already made four investments. Nice. Um, so we are uh, super excited about our fund. You know, there's something that, uh, you know, we were talking about and we can revisit here, but the importance of ag tech, and we've had a lot of topics recently about venture capital and raising capital, but um, you know, it's well known that 80% of venture capital money ends up in three different areas, which is the Valley, as we'll call it, Boston and New York. Uh, but as far as agriculture goes, that's what we do here, mm -hmm. here in the middle of the country. So regardless of where that money goes, this is really some of the best place to develop and implement this, this technology, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, the companies we invest in will be global. That's part of why we, right. we put global in our name. Uh, we're not tied to any specific geographic 
uh, kind of region or location. Uh, most of our investments will be North American companies. Uh, but the when you talk about ag in general, um, it is a global issue. Yeah. Um, and so when you talk about feeding the world uh, and technologies that can help accelerate that, uh, they they have a place everywhere, uh, not just in, mm-hmm. let's call it uh, the middle of, of the U.S. And so uh, that's kind of our view. And so even when we invest in companies that are either not North American based or are, are on the coast, like you talk about, uh, the implementation of those technologies tends to be, when you talk about from a U.S. perspective, right here in the Midwest. And so uh, we're based here because we know the farmers, if you will. Yeah. Uh, when you look at our investor base for our fund, Almost all of them are producers, uh, and so uh, we're we're we we are where sort of the rubber meets the road in terms of those who actually have to adopt the technology. Uh, I think we think that we understand very well what they're looking for, and so that helps us or gives us an advantage as we talk about what deals we want to do and what technologies to invest in. So, what kind of companies are are you looking at? Is this going to be stuff that's uh, like? technical like software or bioscience or pharmaceutical or like what all sorts of things are we talking about? All of the above. I mean, anything really, to do with agriculture, anything to do with ag and animal has health. do with uh, a better combine you're in. Okay. I, I would imagine, but also do, I mean, yes. some of the, all right. Some of the needs as well as I mean, you have everything from like water. That's right. Like water tech, like, cause you, it's hard to grow crops yeah. when yeah. there's no water, man. And and that's changing. And then, I'd like to, I'd like to hope and think that some of the, the uh, issues that are coming up with the climate change and how that affects agriculture, you know, there's parts of the, of the world or the country or wherever that were once producing all kinds of crops. And now all of a sudden they don't get the rain or it's just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I I mean, if I were to really simplify what we're looking for, um, it would be probably three big categories. One would be food production. One would be food safety. Uh, and the other would be food waste. And so when we talk okay. about uh, food production, what we're really talking about is exactly what you were just talking about, which is uh, can we find technologies that uh, increase yield in yeah. crops? Can we find technologies that uh, make crops more uh, drought resistant uh, or increase the stress levels uh, that they're able to to withstand with? And so a lot of that will be on the bioscience side. Uh, and so we're talking about you know gene editing, real scientific type things. Uh, when we look at sort of food safety, that's probably more where the ag tech comes in. Uh, and so it's it's companies that are using AI or machine learning or different uh, technologies to make our food safer. Um, and so some of this is uh, done through sort of imaging technologies in terms of being yeah. able to detect uh, different things. Uh, sometimes it's done through very scientific size to detect pathogens and so forth. Uh, and then on the waste side, it's just anything that we can look at uh, that starts to reduce the waste. I mean, when we look at food, uh, very inefficient supply chain when you talk about agriculture just in general. Uh, and even uh, the disposal of it on some levels, like some yes. of the foreign countries, you know, Matt's, Matt's been all over Asia this year and different places. And they do such a better job in now, some of those places about like what they do with the food that they didn't eat. We just throw it in the trash cans, right? Now, actually, the best example of that was Singapore. Uh, yeah. They are famous. They burn all of their trash. There is no landfill. They figured out how to burn all of it in a very safe way uh, that doesn't create lots of pollutants and toxins and all that stuff. And so they figured out how to get rid of all of it. I can't remember which, which country cool. it was. And I was seeing something. I think it was the. I think it was South Korea. But you know, like the same way that we go to find a recycle bin or something when you might have a plastic bottle, like they're just very conditioned to putting their extra food 
in these things. And I know oh. it's, you're talking more about producing it, but some of that stuff is very repurposable. And I don't know, man, they turn it into composting it. Sure. Something it's better yeah. than just tossing it out, yeah. but it's a, uh, it frightens me when I see the numbers uh, or the estimates of the amount of food that we just waste yeah. and throw away. Unbelievable. So, so I don't think most people go from the NFL into bioscience. Is that fair? That's fair to say. So <laughs> with that path on the way to it, after, you know, after you play, so you play for the chiefs, the Redskins, the Jaguars and the Jets. That's right. And then. So who's your favorite team? Kansas City. Okay. Gotta be. All right. I was going to say, <laughs> talk about ending the show early. Yeah. What, what, Hang on. I'm turning the sign red. Who did you get drafted by? Go. I got drafted by Kansas City. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but at, you know, after that, and so recently um, we had Chris in from Athlete Network. Do you know Chris? Mm -hmm. So, you know, talking about what athletes do afterward, mm -hmm. some, some of that. Um, I think it's pretty awesome. You, uh, we, and we have a lot of friends there. That, uh, according to my notes here, you spent 10 years with the Kauffman Foundation. That's right. So talk a little bit about that and how that led to what you were doing later with bioscience and different stuff like that. Because the Kauffman, for those of you listening that aren't Kansas City, Kauffman Foundation is oh, offers mentoring and, and different stuff, a lot of support. Like our friend, Laurel Holt, we it's went the down largest. and helped him create a... It's the largest program. foundation in the world dedicated to entrepreneurship, right? It's right. the largest in the world? In the world, yeah. Dang. All right. Well, let's hear more about yeah. it. Yeah. So, so my path is obviously quite interesting. Um, when I graduated from uh, K-State, I graduated in accounting and finance. So I've sort of been a numbers guy forever. Um, but during my playing career, I think one of the things that I noticed was exactly what Chris and his company are trying to solve is this issue of players who believe that the game will last forever. Right. Uh, and then when the transition time comes, they are completely confused at what next steps look like. Uh, and so for me, I probably fit into the same category as every other athlete until about year five was the first year that I got released uh, and sort of got released midseason. It was complete shock. It was out of nowhere. Uh, and so for me, that's really what got the wheels spinning in terms of, hey, wait, what am I actually going to do next? Um, when I was here in Kansas City, I'd always been uh, interested in sort of controlling my own future. So uh, my third year here, um, me and my business partner, uh, we uh, opened up a sports bar. Uh, so that was sort of my first foray into owning something. Uh, it is not an industry that typically people uh, do very well in. We actually did extremely well. Uh, ours uh, got rolled up and sold to a private equity group. And so for me at 26, I thought, whoa. Okay. What was it called? Where was it at? Well, it was called Rusty's Last Chance. It was uh, on 75th and right off of uh, 35 Highway. Uh, but then there were three more in Manhattan, Kansas. Okay. Um, and so my partner was was from Manhattan. And so he had owned uh, Lucky's and a couple of the bars that were down in, in the Manhattan area. So uh, at this point, you're thinking, man, this is pretty easy. Well, you know, when, when I'm in my third year and I make more in the sports bar than I do playing, I'm thinking, oh, this is pretty cool. This yeah. Is that, is that what works. happened? That's exactly. Oh, wow. Um, and so, uh, so I left here in free agency. Uh, and so it was my fifth year when I was in Washington when uh, when I got released. Um, and so I was out of the game for a few weeks before I got picked up and went down to to Jacksonville. But that started the the idea of, OK, wait, what's next? And so uh, at that point, a really good friend of mine uh, introduced me to uh, a guy named Bob Lighton and Daryl Williams. Uh, Bob was the VP of uh, entrepreneurship at the Kauffman Foundation. Uh, and they were working on and they were at the very beginning of trying to work on um 
entrepreneurship programs that were specifically for uh, what they termed the minority population. And so it was minority by race, it was minority by gender. Uh, and they were just trying to figure out what can we do to sort of help this population. Uh, and so I started doing cons some consulting for them in my sixth year while I was playing. And so while we would play on Sunday and most people would sort of kick their feet up until Wednesday when we came back, I'd fly out Monday, I'd come to Kansas City, I'd work here Monday, I'd work here Tuesday, I'd fly back Wednesday morning, and then I'd start the football deal start uh, back on Wednesday. So I did that for the last 18 months of my career. And so when I retired after my seventh year um, in New York, I moved back. My wife and I moved back to Kansas City. Uh, I went to work full time at the foundation. And most of my work there uh, was either in the angel uh, financing space uh, or it eventually led to uh, we ran an in-house uh, management consulting practice where uh, we primarily dealt with uh, African-American, Hispanic business, women owned businesses uh, and not just in Kansas City. It was sort of all over the country. So when I left there, um, we had about eight different offices. Uh, we were working with about three to 400 different entrepreneurs a year uh, all over the country. And so I left there and went to uh, Kansas Bioscience Authority. And that's where the ag piece came in. Gotcha. So uh, again, I was always accounting finance. So I was CFO of that organization that did the, Manhattan, did the management consulting. When I got to KBA, uh, I was the CFO and COO over there. And so we were doing venture on behalf of the state of Kansas. So our sole LP was the state of Kansas. And so they would provide a certain amount of money every year. We would make venture investments into the ag, animal health. And a so little you got a lot of experience with this. Yeah. And so that's how I got into venture. And so uh, you asked me earlier, am I an expert in ag? Absolutely not. Anyone knows me would say that. But uh, I think I know enough uh, to be deadly and I know what to look for if you well, want. And, and some of that's structural though. Like, I mean, just meaning like a good business exists on particular foundations and has certain things about it. Right. You know, and it makes, I think that, and it's easy when you first get into entrepreneurship to like, well, you talk about like the sports bar and you're 27, like, would you do that again? No. Cause it's a tough business. It is like, and you know, when you're telling the story and you're just like, yeah, we did really well. I mean, I could give you like 19 other people out right. of 20 that tanked hard. I can't tell you how many people within the organization when they found out I was doing it, uh, sort of grabbed me and were like, don't yeah, get out if you can. Don't, well, that's actually, don't, I've don't, seen don't a lot of people it. meaning like, just, I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. Every it, it's, uh, so, you know, like, in sports, you'll often see like the, the athletes want to be the rock stars. The rock stars want to be the athletes. Right. Like everyone wants to be a player or doing this or doing that. But one of the things that, and it's pretty well documented that, you know, some athletes just don't retain their earnings very well, but a lot of it is, I, a lot of it's driven by bad investment. Well, yeah, I mean, you just saw the story about Adrian Peterson pop up the other day. I saw that. I didn't look into it, but man, I mean, made a hundred million plus in his career and he's, you know, broke. Debt. You know, how does yeah. that happen? I, how does that happen? That's a complete, that would be a completely different episode. I mean, I think like, you look at, I mean, well, a couple of the boxers like George, was it for, no, Evander Holyfield. Right. Do you make 400 million bucks? Doesn't Mayweather have problems too? No, no, he makes a lot of money. He's he still making a lot of money. He's still he making it, but money. he's still making money. I mean, dude, he makes 200 grand when he decides to fight. You mean million? I mean, yeah, yeah 200 million. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm just leaving a comma out. No big deal. But so, so, you know, I think that that's, well, first off, congrats, man. And, and thanks for being a part of Kansas City's entrepreneurial community. I mean, I know that Part of what we try to do with the podcast is some of this is, I mean, we don't run ads on this thing. This is kind of open source. We want people to get an, in, an insight and understanding. I think one thing I just heard there is that 
I think, and it, it sounds like really good advice that athletes, that professional athletes and probably, I mean, college athletes as well need to try to get some exposure to what the next things could be. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting that you say that because I think that's absolutely right. And so uh, my oldest son, we were talking about this a little bit off air before we started, but so my oldest son currently plays for Seattle. Uh, and so he's going into his fifth year and that's exactly what we've done. So what we've done with his foundation is he started uh, a job shadow slash internship program because he's got about 10 sponsors that he works with. So Pizza Hut, Pepsi, CenturyLink, uh, Microsoft, all these companies that he does commercials and all this stuff with. But what he's done is he started a internship kind of job shadow program where he says, hey, look, each of you have to agree that you're going to take two or three kids a year from my hometown. You're going to fly them up. They're going to sort of job shadow all the different areas for three or four days, sort of on your dime. And so every year now, 30, 40 kids uh, that don't get that exposure now get exposed to, you know, uh, finance or accounting or IT or all these different areas within all these big corporations that that they're normally consumers of. Uh, but that's exactly why it's it's the idea of let's let's provide exposure and then let's let them dream and decide what they want to do next. You know, that's the hardest part. We think about our our kids in, in middle school and high school and we're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? There's like thousands and thousands of jobs out there that they have no concept of. They're like, right. I want to be an astronaut or a firefighter or, or an like, Instagram model. It, it's like or it's a very I mean, small yeah. number of things. It's yeah. not like, oh, I want to be a CFO of a venture fund that invests in bioscience companies. Right. Like that's not on the list. Right. But there are like thousands and thousands of different jobs out there. So that's great. Yeah. You know, opening people's eyes, open kids' eyes to all these different things, career opportunities. Yeah, a lot of the kids that have participated at least thus far in the program are athletes, right? And so they all grow up and say, well, I want to be an athlete, right? It's simple. But uh, the, the most recent cohort, they were um, doing a job shadow at the Seattle Seahawks. That's who actually did it. And what they came out and found was, okay, wait, there's another 80 jobs just at the Seahawks that are around sports. Yeah. 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 That if I'm not a player and I don't make it, like I can still be around it and be, I'm gonna be on the grounds crew. Right. I'm going to well, take that's an example. Like, well, and this will come out after, but you know, my third book, dude, it's about, about the music industry. It's not about being a rock star. Well, I mean, some of it is, I worked in the music industry for eight years. Like so many of the things that you see the surface of are like an iceberg. You see the tip and like for football, it's like, you okay, we got the guys that are on the field. Right. But I mean, for the number of employees that chiefs have, the smaller number is the, the is players. the roster. Yeah. The, the 57 so players. So where do you go with that? Right. And I think some of that's getting that set up. I know that when Chris was here and there's some things that, that, you know, like, well, first off, most people don't go pro. Right. So now what? And, you know, I mean, that's, those are always tough, tough to deal with. Do you think that um, your background in accounting and finance has paid big dividends? Yeah, I, I think it uh, it has. It's caused me to probably ask eventually what were the right questions. Um, and so uh, I can still remember a funny story when I got drafted here in Kansas City. Uh, one of my first conversations was with uh, Denny Thum, who uh, had who headed up all the cap stuff and all of that uh, for um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he oversaw all the accounting and all that. Uh, and so, what a lot of people don't know is in the NFL, players get paid over a seventeen week period. So you only yeah. get paid yeah. every seventeen weeks. You don't get paid the other, other thirty five, right? 
And so one of the first things that I asked him after I signed the deal, I said, hey, I want to make a few changes. I want to get paid over my 52 weeks. And so whether it's weekly or every two weeks, that's fine. Uh, and his response to me was, wow, I'm really glad that you asked that question. I like, I knew I would like you because of your background, but the answer is no, because we don't want you on uh, on our uh, uh, payroll, on our yeah. payroll yeah. because we don't know if you're going to be here. <laughs> you yeah. know? And so that was sort of a welcome to me, like, whoa. I might actually not be here, but well, I mean, especially at the time, your contracts weren't guaranteed, right? I mean, the the idea, I, I don't think people actually got any guaranteed money then, didn't they? Wasn't that like it was very, <laughs> very little? That's the thing that's always blown me away about football is you know you're like so and so got this huge contract, and but it's not really a contract in my world. A contract means I'm paying you regardless, yeah. like. Any of that. So you have a contract as a podcast host. Yeah, I get paid nothing. <laughs> you get to I, eat my green M and M's. I get. I did. I. You know, honestly, I have probably the worst contract in all of podcasting. But I thought I gave you a contract for sixty million. You signed it and then you quit. Yeah, that you told me that's what I needed yeah. to do. We were in here talk. You were talking to you and Neil Sharma, yeah. who have sold a quarter billion dollars worth of companies. I was just trying to get some advice. You yeah. said that I get promoted sign the big deal and then i walk out the door yeah you got on top it was a really bad advice by the way <laughs> really bad advice so all right that was right that was right after you told me about how you agreed to sell your company to a billionaire hugged him and then sold it to someone else yeah i did so yeah i kind of quit that, uh, hugging tr- does true not, story yeah hugging, doesn't hugging on a deal doesn't mean anything yeah uh, well in some we we're not sure if that is across all 50 states there might be some states oh yeah we don't know could have been legal okay so i want to get back to ag tech and 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 bioscience and some of that stuff so when your fund is looking at these solutions i understand that you've got like food production safety and waste and those are pretty general right what are the things like as far as agricultural technology and this is big because think about it if we can't grow food, we have a lot of challenges. The population's increasing. The climate is changing. Like we're running out of certain types of fuels or ability to do certain things. The way food's still, I mean, the drone's going to come drop off your food maybe or whatever. So like, what are the, I mean, I know we talked about some of them, but what do you, like you, not necessarily the fun, but Kevin Lockett, like, what do you really think that the key to some of this stuff is? Like, what do you want to see fixed, produced, improved like yeah so um a big one for me is is the food safety side um you know i think we are sort of living in a world where um we're making food much more complex right so you think of a burger five years ago and it was you know one input it was just it was it was a cow and now you look at beyond meat and there's you know, you name the inputs, you know, it's up, it's 20 plus. And so our food is getting much and much more complex. So for me, so back that up. So we're talking about the burger and it's not the burger. It's not meat. Well, no. So there's now plant-based burgers. There's now cell- cellular based burgers. I mean, people are changing the way we make food now and, and it's all under the same head. It's not really food. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it is if you eat it. Well, I guess it's true. Will the ants eat it? Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not eat that? They, they won't eat, eat a lot of food we drop on the floor, dude. Yeah. Well, don't the, freak me out too the, much. The plant-based burger is taking off. So uh, Beyond Meat just went public, I think, a few months ago. <clears throat> um, but some of that, some of that is, is, I mean, that's, I mean, okay, that's good stuff in some ways. I mean, I don't know why it would be bad. I mean, maybe I don't know. It depends who you ask. Yeah. Depends. What are we trying to accomplish? Are, and are we causing a different problem by trying to fix one? 
I think I think there are tons of unintended consequences that are coming to the forefront uh, now that we are getting more complex with our food. So that's trying me, trying to talk to Kansas Cityans about what to do with meat is a tough audience. I mean, uh, I mean, barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. <laughs> well, you know, one of our biggest problems with climate change, right? Tell me, is cow farts. Uh, that's actually true. I was going to bring that up. I wasn't yeah. sure if we were going to solve the methane issue. Yeah. But I mean, that's something. Okay. So, so we need technology for that. So when it's that's Cal farting. It's funny that you say that there is a Kansas City company that is working on it. They're Perfect. very, very early. It's, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So food safety. Now, you're, so you're talking about like, all right, so that's, you're into that. And it's largely related, you know, you, when you start changing the genome of yeah. things. I know that's an, it's something you're looking at. Yep. Okay. What did we learn from I am legend? They, they changed the genome to cure yes. cancer and turn yeah. everyone into zombies. Right. Now, yes. granted, I know that's a fictional movie, but at the same time though, these are like the weird things that can occur. Like some of it with ag tech, like you have companies like Monsanto that have reduced the, 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 the seeds, like yep. the number of seeds. So like theoretically in some ways, like, different kinds of disease and crop decay and stuff like that. Well, if that gets into something, that could be really catastrophic. Wipes out all so the is crop. That, is that food safety? Yeah, that's part of food safety as well. So so right now there's a big push for, um, you know, a lot of the fertilizer being used on all our food is all chemically based. Yes. Know? And so there's a big push right now uh, for biofertilizers. So fertilizers that are made from sort of natural products, if mm -hmm. you will. So, uh, from microbes and from other things like that. And so, uh, there's a big push there. There's a big push on the, on the animal side or food, uh, food producing animal side, uh, of limiting or eliminating the use of antibiotics. So we look at a lot of technologies that, that start to get rid of antibiotics so that, uh, it's no more pumping antibiotics into the food just for growth. Now, hold on a second. I prefer to eat weed that has been thoroughly soaked. Did you say weed? Yeah. <laughs> wheat. I prefer okay. to eat wheat. I wanted wheat. to clarify because yeah, I yeah, heard, yeah. I think you said weed. Wheat. I, I and prefer. First, dude, wait, but let me back up. Why are you eating? You're soaking your weed and then yeah, eating yeah. it? I didn't even know you were into that. Yeah. I'm not judging. I make oil out of it later or whatever. I mean, sure. Is okay. Part, okay. I, I prefer to eat my wheat that has been thoroughly <laughs> soaked in weed killer. While also eating Franken chickens that are like three <laughs> times larger than a normal chicken. Yeah, well, you are one of one million that are. That in is our what I prefer. Right now. <laughs> I mean, actually, that's like ninety percent of the shit we eat right now. Is yeah. that? Well, but if you, I mean, if you look at the population today, what are what are people doing? Right, they're they're looking for more transparency from from the yeah. egg space. They want to know what's in their food. They want to know how it's being grown. They want to know from an animal perspective how are those animals being treated if you will yeah. as they're being grown and and before they've been that's a slippery off. slope too and you know in most states it's against the law to take production take pictures or video of animal processing and different kinds of plants because they don't want you to see it mm -hmm. I, I, and, so, and some of that but that's and that's a hot topic um um and you know another thing too is like i mean we, I mean, we just got to produce these things on a mass level so how to how to do that sir did you have something to say? i was going to say i was in cebu for my birthday three or four weeks ago uh, Were you eating weed there as well? No, I was not eating weed. I you wasn't get smoking shot. You it either. Get shot for that, probably. Right? Yeah. Be but we had a live chicken, and for my birthday, they slaughtered a live chicken, and we ate it. Wow. It was delicious. I wish I was there when they slaughtered it because I've never actually seen <laughs> a chicken <laughs> slaughtered before. Uh, yeah, that, that, but to your point about, but we are so divorced about where our food comes from. Absolutely, we have, Americans have no, idea. Have no my, idea. My wife doesn't even want to talk about it. 
should I be like, where does hamburgers come from? She'll say the store. <laughs> like, I'm like, you realize that's right. like, but, but that's a big part of our yeah. problem is we have no idea where the, our food even comes from. Right. That's absolutely true. I saw that chicken and his name was Chooks. I gave him a name. What, dude? And then nope. I ate Chooks. <laughs> oh, wow. Kevin, welcome to Startup Hustle. It's not always like this. I but had chicken for lunch today is. and I'm pretty sure it was from a chicken that somebody slaughtered. Maybe, but okay. So, but I think and some of the stuff that Kevin's <laughs> getting into though with food safety and whatever is like, so when you're talking about introducing a whole bunch of different things, so you have 25 different things that went into a burger. The problem is, is if you now have to track 25 things that you have to keep safe or do stuff to, or that could introduce all different kinds of stuff. Different now, suppliers well, could have a problem. I'm going to actually, uh, so when the NFL has gone and played games in Mexico, they've actually had a problem with the players going down there and eating the beef in Mexico. Oh, it's so loaded up. Drinking the water. No, it's so loaded up with uh, growth hormones and steroids. Mm. They fail a drug test oh, when they no. come back. I'm, I'm correct, right? That's correct. Okay, look, that's kind of fucked up. I mean, for real, it really is. Like, think about it. Like, through eating meat, I am like, that's tainted. Am I right? That's right. I, and you know, here's another thing too. So I've always, I grew up. I was a big kid early, and 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 Kevin, you're you're a you're a bigger gentleman as well. There are big people everywhere now. Like I used to be like the biggest person or tallest everywhere I go. And now I'm just, I feel like at six, three, six, four, I'm just like an average height guy. And I, I mean, some of that is because we are eating all these things as a different process. So, okay. Well, food safety, Matt, I feel like we're going to have to invent another mix. Have you ever played mixtape the game? Kevin? I'm not. Okay. So mixtape the game.com. See what we got here. Ooh, this is a good one. So I'm going to read a scenario and we're going to all choose a song that we feel is appropriate for that. And then we will vote on whose song is best. <laughs> okay. Um, you cannot vote for yourself. All right. Theme music. This is your theme music and it plays every time you walk in public. Oh, I got this one. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. I'm terrible with songs. That's okay. Well, I'll vote for you anyway because I don't want to vote for Matt. So you got a pretty good shot here, Kevin. What do you got? I'm going to go with Jay Z's "Hard Knock Life" <laughs> <laughs> or Coolio's that "Gangster be, Paradise." That be my One of those two. Music. By the way, that's the first one. That's the fastest you've ever come up with a mixtape answer, and then you gave two. Yeah, you gave two. I'm going to go with uh, "Gangster's Paradise." I think that's "Hard Knock Life's a good one. Though. Okay, we'll go with yeah. that one. I'm going to go with, let me see, every time I walk in public, I feel yeah. like I'm going with staying alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but, and I'm doing the strut, all of it. Okay. Bell bottoms, whole nine yards. No deal. All right. I got hard knock life. What do you got? So I don't have a song. How about I use uh, an album title? You know what? I'm going to allow that. You're going to allow that? Yeah. I'm, as Pass. the new mixtape commissioner. And by the way, I've been really hassling Matt because he, several times he has just answered Limp Biscuit. I'm like, dude, that's, that's a, a band. That's a legit like, answer. But yeah. I'll give you, I will, I will allow will because allow he's not going to, he's going to go with the album title. Okay. Yeah. I'm going I'm, I'm to stay with you and I'm going to go with Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Ooh, I like that. Matt, you know, I hate voting for you, but I, you were so reactive. Now, yeah. maybe I'll let you guys vote first. I think I'm going to go with Matt. All right, I won. I like Matt's. Whoop, 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 whoop. Mm. I won. I was voting for you, though. Well, then I'm not going to vote for you. 
You just gave it away, man. Yeah. Well, no, I already won. I'm going to vote for you because I feel like, I feel like, have you shot the gold money gun? No. Yet? Why don't you let Kevin shoot it? All right, sure. He can shoot it at me. Here, Kevin, you can hang on. We'll get it on video. This is your uh, game day. Those check. are the reward. We want you to. We want you to feel what it's like. This All right, you game can, day check. Yeah. yeah, and this is maybe you can go ahead and you shoot. Fire, it you can fire it wherever you want. All the money, I like it. <laughs> All we got is ones. Ah. Good, and I like this guy, man. That is what I'm talking about. What's up with that? So, <laughs> yeah, he's lived the life, dude. That's like it's, I said, the blueprint. He deserved to win, Kevin. I'm giving my he, vote. He's back not to even you. gonna. He's not even gonna imp- shoot it all out. He's like, whatever. They're just one to you. You just won. The same just guy one. Hugging billionaire, oh, selling this man. company to whoever he wants. And we got one. I know. Ones. Look at that. There's not. Oh man. <laughs> They don't come out of here very well. Uh, this is terrible. Oh, there's a two. There you go. There's yeah, you get a two. Come on, greedy guy. All right. You get two. Dude, Kevin clearly does have the blueprint because he called that out. Hey, Kevin, these are these are all hundreds, man. Not true. Okay, so anyway, if you want to have Kevin fire the potentially fire the money gun at your business, you can go to F fgcvc.com i have a feeling that's not how you normally fund people though am i right no it's not i mean you not with ones. with ones or with a money gun <laughs> with both that's great oh my god no as you guys know I that mean, was it's... really the best answer that any, or response anyone has <laughs> ever a, given that to was that. a first yeah, yeah thank you for providing us with that kevin speaking of, of safety and tech we need to cleanse those ones matt why these you... ones are worth more than normal ones why? Because I don't have clear on them. Oh, God. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right, Kevin. As you can see, we're keeping it super professional here today. All right. So once again, if you guys want to check out uh, f- what Fulcrum Global Capital does, you can go to fgcvc.com. Um, there are uh, – so do you guys have any plans or anything in the future to participate in any uh, accelerators or anything like that? Like how do we go about, so if I'm an ag tech um, company, founder, inventor, anyone like that, um, I mean, like, is it best to just look you guys up online and submit? Are you participating with anyone else? I mean, it's a, it's a number of different ways. I mean, we, uh, we don't do a deal unless there's other venture folks that are in it. So, okay. Um, we've done deals with, you know, other, uh, well-known venture, uh, firms. We've done deals with, you know, strategics like Bayer Monsanto, sure. uh, ADM and others. Sorry to call you so, out earlier, Monsanto. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we do, um, you know, we do syndicate, but also there are a ton of accelerators that are now popping up, uh, primarily in the U S but really all over the world. Uh, that are all ag related. Sure. And so um, a lot, some of them are on the coast, some are in the Midwest. Do we not have one in Kansas City? Well, we talked about that because so FullScale, the company Matt and I own together, if you guys want to check it out, fullscale.io, um, we're the official development partner of Launch KC. Mm-hmm. And they're doing clean tech, fintech, and med tech. Yep. And, they, and so that's 15 companies, and we give, we're giving all of them 10 grand. So on top of that, they had talked about some other stuff, but obviously here in the Midwest, ag tech makes sense. Yeah, so. How do we not have that? You guys well, should partner with them. On, they're working on it. They're yeah, talking okay. about it. I don't know if they're talking to Fulcrum about it. Yeah, you guys should talk to them about that because that's I, a feeder system for you. So there's not a lot that I can say, but let's say within <laughs> oh. within 12 months, there will be one here. 
All right. I like perfect. It. I like it. I Good like answer. to hear about that. And we'd like to hear more about that on the way to you being able to say something about it. Cause like I said, Matt and I and Fulsco, we like to get involved in these things. I like, yeah, we can help. I like getting in on things on the early level. Um, so then the next part about the kind of partners and investments you're seeking to make, is there a particular stage of the business that you require? I mean, you got series A, early stage. I mean, stage. We're, we're series A, but I mean, you know, you ask, you know, 25 people what series A means and you get 25 different answers now. Yeah, but true. I mean, really what we're looking for are um, technologies that, you know, have been proven at some level um, in the, in the, in the market. And they don't have to have the sort of, uh, you know, sort of mass adoption, if you will, but we're really looking for, you know, game changing technologies, ones that just completely shift the way things are being done today. Uh, some level of adoption and a big part based on the level that, uh, uh, where we're investing is really based on the team. I mean, we're really betting on the jockey is really what it is in a lot of these situations. And so we're really looking for, uh, very, very strong management teams, uh, at least at the early stage, uh, a lot to go along with that technology. And once again, to recap, you guys are not bound by any geographic levels or anything like that. Um, whether you're in Kansas City, whether you're somewhere else, I mean, I think Kevin and, and his team are looking forward to talking to you. Matt, you got any uh, any closing comments about ag tech? No, Please do I not. think this is really cool. I, I'm. I'm not offering to do this personally, but I really do need you to quit soaking your weed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Yeah, we're is that t- messing it up so you can't smoke it? Well, I don't know, man. I felt like ever or does that make I, it better? Ever since we did the episode about about cannabis startups, it was I, first off you were surprisingly engaged on that. I was shocking. I, I was expecting. I knew you nothing. To, I was expecting. I know, but I was expecting you to maybe fall asleep or something. I, I still walk by those CBD hemp places and yeah. I look in the window for about five seconds. I'm like, nope, and I don't walk in. Well, didn't we determine you can rub CBD on about anything and it fixes it? Yes. So yeah, yeah. Should we rub it on the money gun? No, um, no, not unless it's going to change it from one. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So anyway, Kevin, I want to thank you for coming in. This has been interesting to chat about. Um, one more time, if you want to check us out, go to Instagram at Startup Hustle Podcast. If you're listening, reach down and hit that fifth star. Give us a nice review. We'll probably talk about that. And by the way, I do have to call someone out. The uh, we had a couple of people that said some nice and supportive things about us on the gram recently. Uh, now, who knows? The the buff engineer. I don't know if he's just ripped or if he's a Colorado fan. Um, one's better than the other. And then we had another, uh, where are you? Wanted to give a shout out to the Cash Labs. Doing a, all, a bootstrap startup that is helping people do their in-home testing. So thanks for the support, guys. We really appreciate it. Kevin, once again, thank you for everything you've done for Kansas City. Thank you for being involved with this fund and looking forward to hearing more about the stuff you guys do in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.